1: It is the best of the Joe Show, running back some of the best audio that you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours, hello, 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 and hello, that's for you. I am Dan Day, give me a follow on Twitter, at Dan Day Radio. all social distancing procedure measures have been taken on my Twitter page, trust me, you won't catch anything, well, Hopefully you won't catch anything if you're catching my drift. See, you're catching my drift now. whole lot of catching going on. Going to catch some Joe Rose show talking to Senator Manny Diaz in just a couple of minutes. They're going to be talking coronavirus, sports, Publix. Ooh, I could go for one of those Publix chicken finger subs right now. Mm-mm-mm. Also, the Dan Levitard Show, checking in with MMA, Guru, Jonathan Snowden, and Hawk and Crowder. Dolphins, 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 Dolphins. Right now, though, headlines, 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 headlines. Notice I've been repeating myself a lot today. Something's wrong with my brain. Like I said, something's wrong with my brain. Something's wrong with my brain. Okay, let me straighten it out. Okay, headlines, headlines, headlines. Tonight at 8, the NFL will release its 2020 schedule. Miami was supposed to play in London, but all international games have been scrapped. The Dolphins have signed their first player from the 2020 draft in the form of fourth-round pick O-lineman Solomon Kindley. A former Georgia Bulldog signed a four-year, $4 million deal. Miami-Dade Mayor Jimenez says he expects both the Dolphins and Canes to play this fall in front of small to no crowds. The German Bundesliga will return to action May 16th, while the Marlins say their affiliates will not start any time before June 15th. Penn State coach James Franklin says college football should continue the upcoming season, even if some teams do not play due to coronavirus limitations. The NCAA has made no decisions on the upcoming season. Inter-Miami CF players returned to individual practices yesterday, with several of them noting it was great to get back to work. MLS has no timetable to return. And now you know what time it is. It is time to take a step into the day spa. (sighs) A rapper in San Francisco is attempting to break a world record by freestyling for over 33 straight hours. Yeah, I'm sure each and every one of those bars will be hot. A monkey in India recently entered a bank and attacked an ATM. This is day spa worthy simply because it involves a monkey attacking an ATM. A large flock of birds migrating north from Cuba to Florida showed up on a weather radar. Great. Not only do I need to worry about coronavirus, now I'm going to have to get my car washed. A woman was recently embarrassed after admitting to talking to her food in a Zoom meeting after thinking she had muted her mic. Talking to your food? That's no stranger than loving minez sandwiches. Hmm. Now on to weather. Tonight's forecast clear with temperatures around 70. In the mornings, you got to get a cup of Joe. I'm talking about the Joe Rose Show weekdays, 6 to 10, right here on 560. The Joe, they're doing sports. They're covering coronavirus. They're getting you the good information you need. So this morning, they got Senator, not coach, Senator Manny Diaz on the line. And what were they talking about? Well, cussing psychos at Miami Beach and in Publix. Hmm, public subs, public subs. <laughs> also, Senator Diaz talks about the reopen of South Florida and when that might be. What about sports? And might the Marlins have a time to shine? Very, very soon.
3: Hey, Manny, did you hear that psycho yesterday in Miami Beach at the Publix? Did you get a chance to yeah. hear about that?
0: I saw the video. It, it's just—it's uh it's just crazy. It's crazy times, Joe, and you just—you have things happen like that, and it just makes you wonder sometimes.
3: Can we play it while you're here? I've never had a chance to do this. <laughs> Can you go ahead and play some of this for this for for Manny my for just a my sec? Go f- ahead. Constitutional f- rights and my civil rights. I'm filing a f- f- class action lawsuit. us out there, Manny. (laughs) A uh,
0: lot, lot of stress and frustration and if, if you would have asked me if I didn't know and you would have played that for me, you would have asked me, I would have thought it was out of an 80s movie and that uh, it wasn't real. <laughs> right.
2: no, no question. Or hey, maybe uh, Publix was out of chicken tenders. Maybe one of
3: yeah. those two things. Oh, that's right, right, man. Right, right, that's, yeah. right. that's right. That's even better.
2: That's exactly. going to cause some
0: grief too.
3: You guys especially, and I know the mayor gets blasted all the time and the governor gets blasted. Everybody's getting blasted. If you're in politics right now, one side or the other, somebody's not happy. Not happy that we're open or not happy that we're starting to open up how do you guys handle that going forward how, how are we working everybody's trying to make this into politics just tell us from your standpoint, how do we go about getting our state? And I know we're a little a little tougher area down there than they are in the northern part of the state, but just overall.
0: Yeah, Joe, you just got to put blinders on. I mean, sometimes these, uh, you know, this is unprecedented, obviously, but when you're when you doing this, you, you got to put the facts together and do the right thing. And if you know that you're doing the right thing, you're trying to do the right thing by the state or, or, or by the residents, that's the best you can do. And I think that you're always going to get criticized. The governors in an enviable position, the, the mayors of well, uh, But, I mean, when you're talking about the third largest state in the union, I think while there's been some hiccups here and there, the governor has done a pretty good job in handling this in a calm, collected manner, knowing that we have a state that kind of mirrors the country. The regions of the state are very different. You mentioned South Florida. Our plan, obviously, is going to be a little different down here, but we are getting to that point where we need to open up because there's just, uh, you know, you can't sustain some of this stuff. You have to follow the protocols. And our issue down here is having folks follow those protocols.
2: Right. Well, I was going to say, obviously, the governor uh, has phase one and, and he's working on phase two and and phase one did not include our three counties down here, Broward, Dade and Palm Beach County. How close do you think uh, the three counties down here are going to join in phase one and will phase two be started around the rest of the state before we get into phase one? Do you even know any if, if that
0: might happen? So they're already looking at phase two and that is uh, the governor had meetings with uh, some of the folks from the barbershop and, and cosmetology industry to, to talk about protocols, sanitary conditions, and, and I think they gave them some good suggestions, and they're looking to do that around the state. I think down here, we're trailing about a week, but I think that what I'm sensing from the folks uh, uh, out in the community is there's a lot of unrest and anxiety at this point, and there are a lot of uh, small business owners that are just saying, look, if the Publix is open, if the supermarkets are open, if the Walmart is open, these things are open, and they can do that with those protocols, let's get our businesses open because we can't continue to sustain this, and we'll follow the protocols. And as long as we can get people to follow the protocols, we can open. But again, the, the key to this is personal responsibility with freedom comes responsibility and we need to get our uh our folks down here in, in south florida to make sure that they follow the social distancing and masks whenever necessary and then you know the older the, the more vulnerable folks can stay at home or do what they feel safe nobody's forced to go out but i think uh, that we're going to start seeing that within the next uh you know seven days here
3: manny i'll, I'll just tell you this man people at the parks are just not going to follow unless you police it they just not going to do it on their own it's just you you keep talking about it you guys talk about it the mayor mayor Jimenez talks about it and people get out there and they get in the park and it just doesn't happen. How, how do we? I know we're preaching it. How do you get people to actually do it? How much can you police it? You can't,
0: Joe. I mean, and that's the that's the thing about living in a free society is you, you don't have enough police or employees or rangers, whatever you want to call it, to police this. It's really upon us to get out there and 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 look. I, we need to get people out in the sun. We need to get people out doing these activities. We need people, you know, uh, playing golf and getting getting their exercise. We need all of that. All we need these people to do is to follow as you're doing these activities just stay as a family group stay away from other people as much as you can because the more we do that the more confidence we gain and we can get people out here i think part of this is also regaining confidence but down you know south florida just has a different trend when it comes to these things we have a harder time following uh, some of these guidelines
3: manny let's talk about uh, our part of the business that zach and i talk about every day w- when do you see and how do you see this thing getting started for the marlins the heat even the dolphins and canes here in uh, in a few months.
0: I think we're the way it's looking now is we're going to get started. It's going to be interesting what protocols are put in place by by the by the league and how different they are. I already saw that the NBA is looking to bring players back to the facility. I think the important part, the key to all of this, is testing. You, if you can test these athletes and get them in a controlled environment, forget about the fans for right now. We'll worry about that later. I think for our sanity, and I'm sure for you guys to be able to talk about something else, you want sports to come back. And I think it's doable. Look, the example is the Korean baseball organization, brought back baseball. They figured out, out how to do it. They're they're keeping it under control. It is a little kooky when you have the cardboard out as fans and you have the speakers blaring, <laughs> but people want to watch that on TV, you know? If we can get baseball baseball has transcended our history through troubled times, whether it's World Wars or Depressions or anything else. I think we can, we can count on baseball to do this now as well and do it right, and I think the NBA can figure it out as well, but I think the key to all of that's going to be testing, Joe.
3: Do you expect the Marlins to play in an empty stadium at Marlins Ballpark or, or one of those neutral sites?
0: We expect the Marlins, and, and the governor has made it clear here in Florida, we are open to having sports events. In fact, we're going to have a, uh, we're sanctioning, we had a, a state sanctioning a UFC MMA fight coming up this weekend here in Florida without fans, obviously. Um, I think that the Marlins can get back to playing their home stadium, and unfortunately, it's going to be weird. I mean, not that weird. The fans, the fans haven't really turned out for the Marlins, so for them, I don't know how much it's going to be a, a difference, but, but the, yeah, it's Mary going to be really interesting to that, see. Our,
3: uh, Manny, we didn't need that shot. What the hell was
0: that? I mean, I'm just saying, we might, and this, and this might create, look, this might actually create, a baseball has an opportunity, a huge opportunity here, because I think if baseball gets back first and gets games going, people are so hungry for content that you may have a resurgence of baseball, and it may be an opportunity for the Marlins to catch people's attention here. From what it looks like, they've built a pretty good young team, and it might be their time to shine, but I, I think, again, the key to that is just going to be testing and making sure they keep a controlled environment.
2: How much pressure are you personally getting from people not just around you, but from letters, calls, emails, you name it, on getting things reopened. I know that obviously the governor's getting it. I know other mayors are getting it, but you personally, how has it been for you in this last couple of weeks, I would say almost the last couple of months?
0: Initially, we had calls about other concerns, but now we're, we're, we're really starting to get a lot of calls and pressure. Even folks that originally were more cautious are saying, look, we understand that the, these measures were supposed to flatten the curve, but we've flattened the curve. Small businesses don't have the cash reserve they open or to survive this, and if they close, they may never open again. We need to get these things going, and wh- whatever protocols there are, we'll follow them. Whether it's you know one customer at a time, the mask with social distancing, the restaurant idea, I think is uh, I think is great because you if you look at what's happening from around the state is if you have an outdoor terrace and you can separate those tables, you don't really have a limit on the on the capacity except for you have to keep the six foot rule. Restaurants at twenty five percent. I don't know if that's gonna that's been effective, but I think they're looking to jump to fifty percent, and at that point. The key to all of this is gaining back the confidence of people, feeling that they can go back to these places. You can remove all these restrictions if you don't get confidence. But people are ready to open, and and they're they're in uh, in fear of losing their businesses permanently because some of these businesses won't just won't be able to come back.
3: Thank you, man. Appreciate you uh, spending a little bit of time with us this morning, and hopefully uh, we get everything back to normal here soon, and, and get back to normal. It's been a little crazy, I'm sure, for uh, all you guys uh, in politics every day, and you have to hear. Have you heard some really nasty people? Have you gotten some really mean-spirited stuff, Manny?
0: Yeah, absolutely. But you always get all that. I mean, and and, and I understand that. Look, there's frustration, there's anxiety, and and there's got to be somebody to take it out on, and and that's fine. You know, you 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 don't get into this business without having thick skin. You have to understand that you do your best, and what you think is right for the community and there's going to be you're never going to make everybody happy but you just keep you like i said you put blinders on and you keep going forward it's great to be on here with you guys and i, I look forward for maybe uh, in a few weeks maybe we could have some good news about uh about opening up some sports and we can have some uh, a little bit of sports chatter in our well, conversation yeah,
2: by great. the way manny real quickly on the text line uh you gotta you gotta confirm or deny this you were the best submarine pitcher at miami springs high confirmed
0: i confirmed that okay
2: just want to make sure <laughs> we got that texted in okay i just want to make sure I I love
0: our text machine, right? I love it, right. 1990 <laughs> uh, district champs at Miami Springs, the, the Springs with the Hawks, and then uh, I went on to, to pitch at St. Thomas University under Al Avila. And then, and then Jim Pizzolatto. I'm sure uh, Joe knows Jim Pizzolatto yep. from his UM days. That's right. I wow. played for Pizz.
3: Wow. I should have known, man. You're a sports junkie. i tell you one <laughs> thing. Uh, our center does love his high school sports, too, and he shares that passion. So, hey, Manny, thank Absolutely. you, man. Appreciate it. Very, very much. Thank Saturday. you, guys.
1: Hey, you guys stay safe. Talk to you soon. A glimmer of hope from Senator Diaz. I feel good after hearing that. Maybe, just maybe, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Maybe, just maybe, we're seeing it. No maybe about it. Next, we're hearing from the Dan Lebitard Show a little something like this.
4: He teases this way. Drug dealing, wild sex parties, fixed
1: fights. Turns out there's a lot you don't know about Ken Shamrock. You've got my attention, and you've got me waiting five minutes to hear the rest of that. Woo! Or as we say on the Hawk and Crowder Show, woo! This is the best of the Joe Show.
3: Have you got color in your cheeks? Did you ever get that feel that you can't shift the tide that sticks around
2: like tea?
1: You can hear that beat he's laying down right there. Mm, that's some good stuff. Other birthdays. Quarterback Alex Smith, who's trying to rehab after that horrific leg injury, 36, seems younger than that. I know yesterday we had Chris Paul's birthday. He was 35. So Chris Paul seems older than he is, and Alex Smith seems younger than he is. I don't know. The world's crazy like that sometimes. Speaking of crazy, it's always crazy fun on the Dan Levitard Show weekdays from 10 to 1 right here on 560 The Joe. Earlier today, they were joined by MMA expert. Jonathan Snowden talking about shamrocked, drug dealing, sex parties, fixed fights. So if you think you know Kim Shamrock, you don't. The
4: name of the book is Shamrock, The World's Most Dangerous Man. You can find it wherever books are sold. I've told you before, Stugatz, uh this time in mixed martial arts, uh, the Wild Wild West, when it was starting, a crazy time, rich in details that anybody would enjoy reading about. And so Jonathan Snowden has decided that he is going to report uh, something that you will find if you check out his Twitter account, that he teases this way. Drug dealing, wild sex parties, fixed fights, turns out there's a lot you don't know about ken shamrock so let's take these one at a time jonathan and thank you uh for joining us you say drug dealing wild sex parties and fixed fights let's start with the drug
5: dealing. Yeah, I was very surprised to, to find out about this, uh, particularly not, to, not that he sold drugs. You you expect people who come from a rough background to maybe have gotten into some shenanigans in, in their younger years. What really surprised me is that Ken Shamrock was dealing ecstasy in San Diego while he was on television as a WWF wrestler. So this was at like the height of his fame. He decided why shouldn't I also sell drugs, make a little extra money. So uh, that, that that was pretty shocking even to me. So
4: Well, you interviewed more than 100 people for the- this book right how does how does ken shamrock feel about it
5: it's a good question uh, <laughs> um i i hate to find out in person um so he- he likes it. He may have some buyer's remorse on agreeing to the project, I think. You'd have to ask him. He definitely knew it was going to be in the book because I asked him about all this stuff, so um, it, it shouldn't have come as, as any big surprise.
4: Uh, what can you tell us about wild sex parties?
5: Uh, well, what am I allowed to say on your show?
4: <laughs> well, um, Just be careful uh, with the language yeah. and be careful with putting anything in anywhere else.
5: <laughs> well, um, when you think about a famous athlete or wrestler, you, you kind of imagine a certain level of debauchery. At, at least I did. But you rarely have someone. Getting so explicit about exactly what went on, Ken and the people around him were were, were pretty happy to share the details. And, and it involves you know uh, Ken and multiple women, pretty much every night. Lots of, of drugs involved uh, in, in, in getting everybody loose and ready for for the action, and uh, not afraid to walk around his, his house, uh, it, you know, with nothing on. So if you went to to Ken Shamrock's house at this time period, you might have found yourself involved in an orgy. Uh,
4: and how do those details end up emerging.
5: So the, the deal that I had with Ken uh, was kind of interesting because what he told me is uh, uh, I'm not going to tell on myself. And so, uh, you know, uh, the, the the most uh, shocking stuff didn't come initially from Ken. He did give the people in his circle who were all, frankly, uh, a little bit scared of him. So they were a little cautious at first. He gave them permission to tell me the real stories. And then I would bring them back to, to Ken. And true to his word, like once I had the story, he would talk about it openly. I got the feeling that a lot of the people that had have known Ken have been kind of sitting on these stories for probably twenty or thirty years, just dying for the opportunity to tell somebody. And, and I just was lucky enough to be that somebody.
4: May go without saying, but why are people around him afraid to tell uh, any tell the truth?
5: When you read the book, you'll you'll understand that that Ken came from a very violent upbringing. He kind of looks like Captain America, but he's he's probably actually the the villain <laughs> in, in a lot of ways. So you know you, he was on the street from the time he was ten years old. He was stabbed in, in an alleyway at a Seven Eleven where he was living uh, as a 10-year-old kid. So that's kind of where he, he came from, and he came through the foster system, and then as a bouncer, and then a, an ultimate fighter. So long story short is Ken Shamrock is, is not afraid to use uh, violence as a dispute mechanism, a dispute-solving mechanism. So that's, uh, and everyone around him knows that. You know, if they were a part of his lion's den, which was his famous fight team, it, it, it began. You got onto the team when Ken beat you up, basically, anytime he was upset with you about something, you had to step into the the ring with him, and, and, and so these guys uh, all know what he was capable of.
4: Can you explain to me, again, the book is Shamrock, The World's Most Dangerous Man, uh, how he was formed and imprinted by being on the streets at 10 years old, and why was he on the streets at 10 years old?
5: Ken's uh, biological father, uh, he recently passed away was uh, a guy named uh, Richard Kilpatrick, and he was a really young man uh, when he had the, these kids. He had three boys, wasn't ready to have any kids. He's a former Air Force guy. He was he was running moonshine in Georgia, and and so basically, uh, Ken and his young his young brothers were left with uh, a mother who was young and and not ready to have kids herself, and, and so uh, there was a lot of bad things that happened. Uh, you know, he got into it in, in pretty grim detail: uh, molestation, sexual abuse, and, and things of this nature. Ken and all of his brothers ran away from home, and so that that should tell you a, a little bit about the, the background that, that they came from. So he actually found it more peaceful. Tool to, to live on the street, than to live in his own home. So it was uh, the, the, those were tough interviews to sit through for sure.
4: Well, What can you tell me about how introspective he is about the way that this stuff
5: formed him? Uh, very. I, I mean, he, he's clearly. I think uh, part of the reason that he he was uh, willing to to do a book like this is because he, he's at that that time in his life where he's thinking a lot about his past. Right. So he, he has these things on on his mind, and, and I think uh, he's a, a smart guy. He's not. A, an educated guy, you know, when when he found his way to the Bob Shamrock's boys' ranch in high school, and he couldn't read, so he's not a well-educated guy. But I think he's a smart guy, and so he 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 understands who he is, and and, and he he deals with that all the time, you know, trying to be a, a better person, the, the person that he wants to be. So he he's very thoughtful.
4: Beyond the salacious details, uh, again, Jonathan Snowden with us. The book is Shamrock, the world's most dangerous man. It is where you can you can find it wherever you find books. But beyond the salacious details. What would you say are some of the interesting details that you liked unearthing that you enjoyed bringing to the public as, uh, you know, a full portrait of the man?
5: I thought it was the the stuff when when UFC was forming in the early days of mixed martial arts in Japan. It it was fascinating. Uh, You know, these guys were like the astronauts of fight sports. They were just venturing into the, the complete unknown. Uh, Ken was telling me that on the night of UFC 1 he was waiting for them to come backstage and tell him who was going to win the fights. He he half thought it was going to be pro wrestling. They didn't have any idea what they were getting into and imagine what kind of human being signs up for for this kind of thing like uh, do, do you want to step into a cage with uh, another man who, who's trained in some kind of esoteric martial art and, and have a fist fight? Like can you imagine these kind of people? Like that it, it's so it's so exciting to, to hear about and and every one of them has stories kind of like Ken's uh, because, uh, you know, your, your regular human being didn't think about doing this kind of stuff. Well,
4: it's the gladiator stuff, right? It's the stuff that makes you a gladiator. Ken Shamrock has to be a little off, has to be weirdly on the cusp of broken in terms of violence when it comes to having an edge. Like, you almost
5: have to be insane to choose it. I mean, absolutely. I, I think there is there is like a, a, a slight tinge of lunacy to, to all of these early fighters. And now it's a little bit different. Like, it, you know, you, you still have to be... a Uh, a kind of brave and and tough individual to want to be a a cage fighter but now it's like you know it's ex-college athletes and ex-college wrestlers and and people like this people who may have never been in a fist fight before in their lives before they took this on as a vocation Ken's days these were all uh, guys who might have been doing this on the street on a saturday night anyway what do
4: you have in the book again shamrock the world's most dangerous man is the name of the book about fixed fights
5: Right before and, and alongside the early UFC, Ken was fighting for a Japanese organization called Pancras. And and the, this was kind of like the, the UFC of, of Japan. You know, these were uh, former pro wrestlers that decided, hey, w- what if pro wrestling was real? And and that was kind of the, the premise of, of what they did and what they presented. But it, it, it turns out that uh, sometimes these so-called real fights were not especially real. Uh, for Ken, this was especially um, true. Once he started doing UFC and Pancras, uh, the... the the Japanese uh, promoters got a little bit nervous because he lost that first fight to Hoist Gracie. So every time he would go to fight in, in the UFC, they would have him lose a fight intentionally to one of their fighters uh, beforehand in Japan, just so they didn't lose face by having one of their guys lose in an American tournament. So he goes into some detail about how that those things were arranged. And there was always some suspicion of this, but uh, this was the, the first time that I, I think he's explicitly uh, confirmed that some of his losses in Japan fights that he lost on purpose.
2: Jonathan, 86 Celtics, 97 Bulls. Who wins?
5: That's a matchup because, you know, you've got yeah. the, the big guys for the Celtics. You've got right. Walton and, and McHale and Parrish. But like, you know, who, who of those guys are going to check uh, Jordan and Pippen? Can Rodman guard McHale? That's the big question. And really, I think what's going to happen is the, the universe implodes and, and we all die because Robert Parrish is on both teams and that's impossible. Um, so, so I,
1: I think we're done for an impossibility. That is the best answer ever to the Celtics Bulls question that has been asked recently. Of course, The Last Dance, Michael Jordan, 10 part documentary on ESPN Sundays, spurring all that excitement right there. Oh, quick programming note coming up at 7 o'clock, we are going to relive one of the great Panthers win from this past season. And in five minutes, you get a little bit of this.
6: I would submit to you, Brendan Fraser is one of the worst successful actors in history.
1: I concur. Hawk and Crowder, they're on the way. This is the Best of the Joe Show.
5: Chuck got my chips
3: cashed in, keep truckin'.
1: The man. This is The Best of the Joe Show, running back some of the best audio you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. I am Dan Day, and we just keep trucking along. A little music for my deadheads, especially since it is the band's drummer. It's drummer birthday today, apparently. Earlier, we had Arctic Monkeys, Matt Helder's birthday. Now, The Grateful Dead's Bill Krutzman, 74 years old today. Oh, man. Jam out a little bit.
7: Dallas, a used
1: to, close to New I know my deadheads are feeling it right now, saying, yeah, man, coronavirus isn't that bad after all, dude. I almost wasn't ready for this segment, because online I'm looking up best donuts in Miami, and I'm seeing the salty donut, three dough five, which actually used to be velvet cream, and now I'm just getting so hungry. I want donuts. 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 Mmm, donuts. If I could, I would send Mr. Krutzman a happy birthday donut and also Matt Helders. And if you had a birthday today and wanted a donut, I would send it to you. If you have your birthday tomorrow and you want a donut, I probably won't because it's Friday. No time for eating. Get that liquid diet going. Hawk and Crowder, they're always talking food a little bit of sports, and a whole lot of fun. We haven't talked about donuts lately on the Hawk and Crowder show. I wonder why. Maybe I'll try to bring it up. The other day I did bring up Arancini, which is an Italian specialty. It's like Papa but Italian-wise. Man, I'm really, really hungry. I need some donuts. Maybe some real food. I don't know. If you need some Hawk and Crowder, I got it for you right here. They're talking about the Dolphins' new schedule. Brendan Frazier, overrated? Underrated? I think you know the answer to that. And, of course, the age-old question we have on the Hawk and Crowder Show. What are we doing here?
6: Schedule gets released tonight. Starting to see, by the way, that I'm I'm excited to find out, you know, who plays when. I'm not excited for the the release party. Although, I will tell you that uh, the Miami Dolphins are having an early look at the schedule release so if you join their facebook live let's see 7:25 tonight says we will be the first to announce the 2020 miami dolphins schedule on our official miami dolphins fans group live on facebook so if you want to get the uh the jump on it but i, I will tell you this the schedule info that's starting to dribble out right now yeah. is completely different than what dribbled out yesterday and people are saying the stuff that you were talking about yesterday is not like it, it, uh, there seems to be some confusion as to who's going to play where and when. So we're probably just better off waiting. But I, I am yeah. I, seeing I, I'm seeing conflicting reports.
8: I hope it's wrong what I'm seeing because what I saw is Miami plays the entire NFC West in the first four weeks of the season, and that's not pretty. Right, that it was going to be the first four games were all going to be interconference games yeah. in Arizona, see. Seattle, the Rams and the 49ers. That, that that you don't want to start a new regime and a new look with that on your schedule. Give us I some did ducks. see uh, I did see
6: somewhere though that the the season would open with Brady versus Breeze. I like that. Which would be same conference, right?
8: Yeah. Because that's Buck so, Saints, yeah?
6: Right. So, let me let me see where I saw that.
8: You know what's funny is if the Dolphins release it before ESPN, aren't they, like, bucking ESPN? They, they, they got
6: uh, – all the teams got permission from ESPN and NFL Network to do a private show a half hour early oh, on their okay. social media, so – this says, now this says confirmed, and this is from Rick Stroud, who covers the Bucs for the Tampa Bay Times. The Saints will open the season against the Bucks. So, and again, I, I don't mean to be spoiling it for everybody, but the, the stuff that you may have thought yesterday that we may have thought, I'm not certain is true. I think that was misinformation. So it says, uh, yeah, so they will host... New Orleans will open the season playing host to Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on September 13th at 325. What does that mean?
8: Oh, the the double games. So you have the 325, and then you'll have the, what, Seven. 7.30? Seven thirty. No, but isn't it isn't it usually? Oh, is this like a West Coast feed? Oh no! Remember, no, like er, they'll do the double games to start the season. Well, they'll 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 offset the time so they can have two games. Where the last one doesn't start at you know nine and run into midnight, whatever. No, September thirteenth though is a Sunday, so
6: it's not. Ob- okay, so they're opening their season, so that's a Sunday game. 325 New Orleans time, which is 425 our time. Okay, now it's all making sense. Yep. All right, so that's not the opening of the season on Thursday night football or Monday night football or whatever. That is just the open of their season. Anyway, I, the, the schedule gets released tonight. What do you want from us?
8: <laughs> We've been guessing for two days, baby. Let's keep it what, going. What I, I, I can't <laughs>
6: even get this all straight. I'm just that's figuring really out the end to Sopranos yesterday. You want me to get this the schedule straight? Did he I'm die? So angry. <laughs> I think he died. I just saw on Twitter the mummy with Brendan Fraser was released in uh, theaters on this day in 1999. I would submit to you Brendan Fraser is one of the
8: worst successful actors in history. Yeah, he's a successful actor. He's terrible. When when you said mummy, I went to trying to think about a good movie he did, and it all went to hell. There's no good movies. He's never made a good movie, right, Brendan Fraser? Do you even know who he is, Solana? Brendan Fraser? Yeah, the guy from the Mummy. Oh my! What was Right that into movie? the
6: bag of bits. When he
8: had the um, he had like he became like a Colombian drug lord because he like made wishes to be rich and all his wishes went to hell. It wasn't Brendan a good Fraser movie. Fraser did? Yeah, yeah, it wasn't a good movie. I find a name. It was. It's nothing. It's nothing memorable. That's, That's it, why I lack like to find the name of. It. Yeah, I'm
6: looking at some of George of the Jungle. That was one of his big movies. The Mummy, Dudley Do Right,
8: Bedazzled
6: bedazzled That's on there. So I've never even heard of that.
8: Yeah, he like made a deal with the devil and all his wishes went bad. Like he wanted to be rich and he became a drug lord that was getting hunted by other drug lords and is, stuff. Is that the one where he becomes a basketball player,
9: but his package is extremely tiny? Yeah, yes. He's wow. like seven, he's wow. seven feet. He's I, seven feet and he has a little tic-tac. I haven't seen that movie probably since it came out, but I remember wow. it perfectly. That, re- that resonate? Yeah, that part really resonates. <laughs> out of all, all the things pop-
4: that you remember remembered? <laughs> you went to package talk?
9: Yeah, that's the part. No joke. I I thought about that movie could never. You know how like sometimes you'll think about something, you can't remember the name, so you try to Google like the plot or the part you remember <laughs> and you have and googled
6: large basketball player small penis.
9: Guy gets to become basketball player but his penis is small and it never came out and finally Crowder, you have solved this long-lasting mystery. <laughs> for me and I've never been happier thank you You should have just asked Crowder why bother with Google oh Um, I watch a silly
6: movie for you now I'm uh I'm looking at Brendan Fraser's filmography I I think that and this is so hard to do this dude has been acting in movies consistently since 1991 and I don't think he's ever made a good movie that's almost impossible He's, he's Nathan Peterman.
8: He just stays in the league, huh?
6: He's just somehow in the league. Everyone, like, nice guy, I'm sure, but everyone knows he's terrible. These yeah, are his movies. Man. Dogfight, Encino Man, School Ties, 20 Bucks, Younger and Younger, Son-in-Law, With Honors, Airheads, and don't tell me Airheads was good because it wasn't, <laughs> In the Army Now, The Scout, Now and Then, Mrs. Winterbourne, Georgia the Jungle, Gods and Monsters, The Mummy, Dudley Do-Right, Bedazzled, Monkey Bone, The Mummy Returns. I mean, These are garbage. Oh, he was in Crash, Solana. Are you not a fan of The Mummy? Oh, my God, is that movie bad? And then they have a ride for that at uh, Universal, I think is awful, too. No,
9: that's a great ride. Come on. No, No, that's one of the better rides
6: at Universal. How could you say that? I cannot believe I've stumbled upon this. Brendan Fraser has made more movies than most actors that are trying to make it in Hollywood and never made a good one. That's insane.
8: Gods and Monsters. Gods and Monsters. Yeah, it just... Well... I thought I actually thought it was Tom Hanks on the front, so I was like, "Oh, Tom Hanks is in it." It ended up not being Tom Hanks, but I already looked into it. It got a 95% on Rotten Tomatoes, a 7.4 on IMDb. Yeah, Gods and Monsters probably his best movie but, ever. But was and, he was he the star? Oh, he couldn't have been. It was a it was a good movie. Hell. <laughs> got nominated for an Academy Award oh, for best no actor. Oh no chance, yeah, he, he couldn't be the lead yeah. if it was he best was,
6: actor. He was yeah. guy in classroom. Let's get headlines here, though, with Alejandro Solana.
9: We touched on it. The NFL's schedule released tonight. Eight. PM The Dolphins on their fan page on Facebook, they'll have their own release party uh, just a little while before, Uh, but according to several who I guess already know the schedule, I'm not really sure how this works, but the Dolphins have the third most difficult schedule in the NFL this upcoming season based on 2019 opponent
6: records interesting all these people caping up on the tax machine for brendan frazier get out of here
9: the nba is setting up an all-player
6: get call. out of here <laughs> great angry cranky get out of here what are we doing here what are we doing here we're caping up for brendan frazier i mean what are, we, what are we doing here where's our what are we doing here open play that i want to play that for one second for brendan frazier listen you don't have, man have that at a moment's notice I don't, no. what are we doing here <laughs> What are we doing here?
9: Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> never blinks in Terminator 2. Was he wearing sunglasses most of the time? That's a fair point.
6: I mean, what are we doing here?
8: Two <laughs> lavender-smelling candles on nightstands, and I'm crawling up the bed like a lion with my shoulders rotating. Ooh. I start lighting
6: Ooh. candles at 50. My wife goes, I mean, what are we doing here? <laughs> I mean, what are we doing here, Brendan Fraser? You're gonna cape up for Brendan Fraser on the text machine? I mean, what what are we doing here?
9: <laughs> You're gonna call the Mummy a bad ride in Universal Studios? I mean, what are we doing
6: here? <laughs> no, no, no! Don't take the texture side. I mean, what are you doing here? Crowder, are you doing anything here? I don't know what we're doing here. <laughs> All right, and that's the
9: game. And that's the game. All right, anything else in the headline? <laughs> Major League Baseball, they expect to offer a return-to-play proposal to the MLB Players Association within a week. Teams have begun to encourage players to prepare for a spring training that could begin in mid-June and a season that could start in early July. I want to
6: bring on guests like Don Mattingly and just say, uh, what are we doing here?
8: <laughs> Hell, you wouldn't know. They just sent it out.
6: Right. Uh, Don Mattingly joining us, manager for the uh, Miami Marlins. Hoping to get the season underway at some point, Don. Thank you for joining us. Uh, what are we doing here? What do you think I'm he would down. say? What do you think he would say if I started the interview that way?
2: I don't
6: know. <laughs> what are we? What are we doing here? But I'm in for the ride if you want to do like, it it'll be fun. Like make it make it sound like we haven't even heard of the pandemic. So, so it's like, hey, wasn't uh, opening day supposed to start? I mean, what are we doing here?
1: I mean, what are we doing here? That's kind of the question we all are asking these days with the pandemic that's going on. What are we doing here? And if it confuses you, good. One thing we're not doing here, practice, practice? Talking to me about practice? It is the anniversary of this.
8: We sitting here, I supposed to be the franchise player and we are in here talking about practice. We talking about practice. What? Practice? Practice?
1: Oh, it's almost as famous or maybe even more famous than playoffs. Jim Mora, playoffs, playoffs. You put a mic in front of someone, sometimes they go a little bit crazy, kind of like West Virginia's governor, Jim Justice, who recently had this to say into a microphone. Remain at home,
2: but no longer orders them to stay at home. Again, I encourage all businesses that are allowed to open to do so only if they follow the guidelines to keep West Virginia safe. So, he drops
1: that bomb, then realizes, oop, maybe I shouldn't have, then he issues this.
2: Today at our news briefing, there was an audio glitch, and it sounded like that I had said a bad word. A word that I would would never say, nor have I ever said. No possibility in any way,
1: shape, form, or fashion. That man should be president. Man, straight up covering up denying evidence yeah he's got that political jib i'm looking for a deep run in the 2024 presidential campaign for jim justice now pivoting real quick to something a little more serious of course don shula passed away on monday here's what the great dan marino had to say about the great coach
7: first of all i just want to you know say um it's a sad day um my prayers and and condolences go out to Mary Ann, the Shula family, Michael David, um, uh, just uh, really good people. And it's a a sad day for Coach Shula. Uh, But a lot of great memories, uh, beautiful man, great person. Um, Yes, my first memory, uh, Dave, was um, uh, coming from minicamp, coming from minicamp. First time I met him, walked in his office. And the funny part was, Before the draft, I never talked to Coach Shula or none of the scouts or anything because I didn't think they thought I was going to be available for them to draft me. Uh, So the first time I really talked to Coach Shula besides just on the phone draft day saying, hey, hi, would you like to be a dolphin? Was in his office uh, coming into minicamp and um, I remember it was was a little intimidating because, you know, first time you're meeting a head coach, uh, a guy that was so successful. but I do remember what he told me was, I want you to come in in good shape. Be prepared. Be prepared to uh, uh, pre- prepare yourself this summer as if you're going to come in and be the starter. And he made an impact on me right away that way. Like, he, he's, he believed in me. He's like, I believe in you. I want you to work that way so you can come in and compete and actually feel like you're going to compete to be the starting quarterback. And uh, that just gave me a lot of confidence right off the bat. So. That was my first meeting, actually, with Coach Ula.
1: Dan Marino right there. And all week long, we're going to be remembering the great Don Shula here on 560, the Joe, lest we never forget. Never forget, the Panthers are up next. One of their big wins of this season that could be or could not be any going on any longer. That's just a few minutes away. Remember to download the podcast, WQAM.com. For all the details, at Dan Day Radio on Twitter, this is The best of the Joe Show. Later, slug. Tune in is the audio platform
2: with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports.
0: That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet.
2: Music. You set my world on fire.
1: And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here.